0: Welcome to The Witness, true stories of children and gender identity. Conversations about gender identity are happening in homes and hospitals, therapy offices and classrooms. This podcast invites you to bear witness to how gender identity impacts children and families. All of the testimonies that you will hear have been anonymously shared with Partners for Ethical Care. These stories have been shared by individuals who have agreed to have their experiences published in order to bring awareness and to document what is happening. We invite you to listen and bear witness.
1: interview with a 16-year-old D sister When did you first start thinking about your gender identity? In sixth grade, I went to a super liberal combined middle and high school. Even sixth graders would say things like, I'm a girl, but I use she, they pronouns. It was really confusing, like, what does that mean? Kids started explaining it, and I was really weirded out by the whole concept. I wanted to avoid it altogether, but in seventh grade it got too big to ignore. People started asking, are you a friend to the LGBTQ community or not? So I couldn't avoid it anymore. Then when they asked, I started saying that I don't agree with it. So they said things like, you're awful, you're a monster, you're a bigot. Looking back, I realize now that they decided to try to re-educate me. By the way, prior to this, I would describe myself as a real girly girl. On the first day of school in sixth grade, I wore lipstick and blush and lots of jewelry, and I wore my fanciest clothes, a crop jacket with a pink t-shirt and skirt. But after I said that I didn't agree with the LGBTQ narrative, all of my friends with whom I used to discuss other things started inviting me to the GSA club, into LGBTQ events like the school play about Harvey Milk and started talking to me about trans stuff all the time. Then in seventh grade, the pendulum started to shift a little bit. Kids saw that I was starting to shift, and they started applauding me for every step I took away from disagreement and every movement I made toward the LGBTQ community, like when I went to the GSA club. Then in late 7th grade, I decided, I'm going to be a boy. I remember thinking, I am going to be a boy now. It was a concrete decision I made, like when you say, I am going to do this homework now. Except unlike doing homework, deciding to be trans is not a healthy decision. Before that time, I had about four decently close friends. But after I announced my decision, my friend group exploded, because all of the sudden, all of the pro-LGBTQ kids in the school flocked to me to tell me how amazing I was. I had really shallow friendships with everyone in the school from that point, but I could walk up to anybody in the school and start talking about trans stuff and be accepted. My friend group went from a few really close, deep friendships to everyone in the school was my friend, but it was all very, very shallow. We didn't really know anything about each other, but we all had superficial relationships based entirely around our LGBTQ identities. What was the biggest factor in your decision to adopt a transgender identity? Probably the fact that as I grew up through middle school, I started shifting away from my girly-girliness. Almost all the other girls wore hyper-sexualized clothing like tight pants and crop tops, and I started leaning toward a more stereotypically masculine style because I thought that in order to be a girl, you had to wear those kinds of clothes. I wanted to distance myself from girls who wanted to sexualize every aspect of their bodies. I'm autistic, so that means both that I think in a very black and white algorithmic way, and it also means that I had no interest in dating, sex, etc. So my brain had created this dichotomy that if you're a girl, you are therefore hypersexualized, and if you're a boy, you just wear pants and t shirts. And because I preferred the boy type clothing, my black and white thinking led me to believe that I must be a boy. I started taking karate in 8th grade because I wanted to learn how to defend myself and I started wearing more practical clothing, which made me appear even more stereotypically boyish. I had this idea that women were weak and men were strong, so when I was in karate, believing that I was a boy made me think that I was stronger and helped motivate me to work hard at karate. Do you feel like your school was a neutral place with respect to gender ideology? Absolutely not. Every single hallway was covered with LGBTQ, everyone is welcome here signs, GSA club meeting posters, etc. My friends and I used to joke because some of the signs were printed in black and white that they were not being LGBTQ friendly. In most classes, it was talked about among the kids, but the adults were generally more focused on teaching their subject areas. But there were also a lot of signs and posters in the classes. I heard that a sixth grade health class made posters about the LGBTQ civil rights movement. I remember walking past a student-made display of students' testimonies with like, I am gay, asexual, transgender, bigender, and all sorts of things. Even when I was trans-identified, I was confused because they seemed to be contradicting themselves, like, I am homosexual, but I'm also asexual. In the school counselor's room, we would have conversations about LGBTQ issues, and the counselor would be working on her computer and not even participating in the conversation, which in retrospect had some pretty sketchy topics to it. Everyone at my school was really nice, but not in a deep way. The relationships were overall pretty superficial. Let's just all be nice to each other. But there were not any real conversations happening about what that means or what's really going on in people's lives. What made you start to question transgender ideology? I think in algorithms and in black and white, and when I was at my liberal middle school, I never needed to question anything about LGBTQ issues. Everyone agreed about everything, so we didn't think critically about the issues. But then I got pulled to homeschool, and I was in the opposite community, an extremely conservative, extremely Christian co-op. Even though I will absolutely never agree with them on many topics, I had to be able to defend my opinions for the first time. I tried really hard to be able to defend the LGBTQ narrative on a logical standpoint, but it had too many false dichotomies and flaws so that eventually I couldn't work it out in my brain. It was like a faulty piece of code that just doesn't work, and so I had to wipe it completely. I started putting together a more logically sound explanation for my desire to be a boy, such as that I wanted to distance myself from the hypersexualized girls, and that I can be a tomboy without being an actual boy. I put together that the trans narrative is entirely based on stereotypes, just reversed of how they used to work. It used to be if you were a girl, you wore skirts in pink. But now, if you wear skirts in pink, that means you're a girl. Formerly, if you were a boy, you therefore wore pants and played sports. But now, if you wear pants and play sports, that means you're a boy. And I realize that neither one of these is healthy or true. I have lots of female friends who, like me, enjoy karate and wear pants. And I have guy friends who are very sweet and caring and wear pink and sometimes even skirts, but they're still boys. What is your perspective on gender today? There are two main schools of thought. One, the really conservative perspective that the male is the breadwinner and the female stays home and takes care of the kids, etc and two, the extremely liberal view where there is no such thing as male and female and we're all exactly the same. I'm honestly sick of both. Neither one is good for women. The first one is women having no lives of their own. With the second one, if men and women are exactly the same, even though they're not, the advantages that men have, like in sports, disadvantage women almost every time. I am very, very feminist at this point, but not in the sense that I think men and women are the same. Rather, we're different. And although some things are easier for one sex or the other, there's nothing, aside from reproductive roles, that one can do but the other can't do. Even though men are, on average, stronger than women, I have determined myself to become as strong as I possibly can. Gina Carano has been a great role model as a woman who is both completely certain of her own womanhood, but is also a badass who can probably throw down almost any man who comes at her. What would you like to tell your younger self? I'd say stop making such a big deal about this. I feel like because my parents weren't affirming me in the trans identity, I was being oppressed and I was this pitiful victim of these terrible people who were oppressing my true self. I want to slap my younger self across the face and say, suck it up. You're not being oppressed and you can handle having someone disagree with you. You're a freaking girl. Accept it because it's the only logically sound conclusion.
0: This has been The Witness, true stories of children and gender identity. The Witness podcast shares these stories to give voice to individuals who cannot share their stories publicly due to the possibility of losing their jobs, their friends, and their children. All stories are confidential and anonymous. You can share your story, too. Go to partnersforethicalcare.com and click the Share Your Story button. We welcome your story, your time, and your donation to support this important work. Partners for Ethical Care is a nonprofit organization made up of individual volunteers from across the globe focused on one mission, to raise awareness and support efforts to stop the unethical treatment of children by schools, hospitals, and mental and medical health care providers under the duplicitous banner of gender identity affirmation. We believe that no child is born in the wrong body. Thank you for listening and bearing witness. Oh,